0: experiment with a variety of art forms engage in mindfulness walking and silent meditation and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision this workshop is for beginners and professional artists learn more at eomega.org thrive
1: this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Support
0: for this show comes from the Utopia Foundation, committed to providing opportunities for people to express their good intentions in local and international communities. Learn how you can create positive change in the world at utopiafound.org.
2: From Spirituality and Health magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. As you just heard, our sponsor this week is Utopia Foundation, and I encourage you to find out more about them at their website, utopiafound.org. My guest is director and filmmaker Christophe Cognier. His latest film, which was honored last year by the International Festival of Rome, is called Because I Was a Painter. The documentary explores artwork, wash drawings, and paintings created in secret by Jewish artists imprisoned in Nazi concentration and death camps. Cognier interviews the few surviving artists, along with those who curate their art, and draws us into the world of these amazing works of art, some of which are found in collections in France, Germany, Poland, the Czech Republic, Belgium, Switzerland, and Israel. Christophe Cognier, welcome to Essential Conversations. Ah uh, yeah, Thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us. In your writing about the movie, Because I Was a Painter, you reference many of the standard images available to us about the Shoah, the Holocaust. You talk about photographs of former camps, personal accounts of survivors, films taken and stills taken by both the SS of the Nazis and the Allied Liberation Forces. And then you ask this fascinating question. What do they truly show? But you don't answer it. So I want to start with that question. Before we get to the film itself and how it differs from these other images, what do you think those images truly show?
3: It's a very difficult question because all these images, particularly the images made by the army, the U.S. Army, the British Army, and the Canadian Army, and the Soviet Army, all these images was made by people who made war. Mm-hmm. So when we see these images, these pictures, this film, we have to understand that it's just images from soldiers who make war and these people want to prepare the judgment after war. So we don't have the point of view of the prisoners. We don't have the point of view of people who are prisoners in these camps.
2: That's really fascinating. I mean, you're saying that, in a sense, these other works are propaganda in one way or another.
3: Yes, yes. yes, yes, yes.
2: And, and what you're showing is something very different. So tell us, you know, what is the difference here?
3: The difference is the time. All these images... Was uh, shot in '45 um, in the liberations of the camps, and uh, the artworks I have seen was made in uh, in all the the forties by the prisoners. So it, it's an essential difference because the camps um, are not the same in '40, 40, in '41, in '42, and, and so on. So we can see some details of the camps, some aspects of the camps, we don't see in this film made by the army. It felt the, the essential um, difference. Other difference is that when you show somebody, it's always your self-portrait. So the, the prisoner, the artist who made portrait of the other people made their own portraits. It's very important to understand that because it was an act of resistance for them to do this image.
2: So that's really one of the key things that comes out in your film, that this was an act of resistance. I'm intrigued by the title that you give the film, Because I Was a Painter. And it's almost like I can hear you asking, why did you do this? It, but The answer is, because I was a painter, and this is how I resisted what was happening to me. I got the impression watching the film that the act of resistance was showing the humanity of the prisoner, not only the prisoners who were living, but some of these drawings and paintings are of the dead, but reclaiming or restoring or preserving their humanity. Did you see it that way? Is that part of the resistance?
3: Yes, of course. I think it's first preserve, their own humanity. Not the humanity of the other, but their own. And all the artists I have met, all the artists I have read some some testimony or or something like that, uh, all they say it was a necessity. Not for tell the story of the camps or something like that, but interior necessity as an artist to do something with this incredible world they see it is why the name of the film is Because I Was a Painter. The great artist, Zoran Music, was a prisoner in Darao, in Germany, and it was a necessity for me to represent this. So I think the act of resistance is first this necessity. The necessity to do art with this, this world. This crazy world, with this hell. And, and
2: even, I mean, you are quoting, uh, that painter who who said there was this incredible beauty even in this horror. And you talk about, in your writing about the film, you talk about the function of art. And you say, and, and I think this is another way of saying what you've just explained, but maybe goes another step. It's not a question of illustrating, but of showing and rendering present even something as simple as an emptiness of impossibility this is the function of art and i'm fascinated by this phrase the emptiness of impossibility and and how that how you understand that and how you link that to the function of art
3: because art is not uh, a photo when you make a drawing you, you do not make a photo so it's a way to represent something you don't represent the world you see, you represent your impossibility to draw the world you see. So you, you present your your own impossibility.
2: I follow that. So it's sort of a play on words of the word represent. Mm. So it's not rep, um, replicating. It's yes. presenting again in, in a new form through your the eyes of the artist. And and I would I would claim and. And ask you through your eyes as well, because you then represent to us, you know, present again to us uh, the paintings through your own lens, literally. uh, And each time it becomes another present reality. It's not about what was, it's about what is, as I'm looking at these paintings and I'm watching the film. So the question is, is the function of art to bring these things alive in the experience of not just the artist, but the experience of the viewer? So what drew you to that? Why this material?
3: It's a quite long story. I can see two things. The first is I met Boris Taslitsky, who was an artist in was deported in Burenwald. And Boris was like my grandfather, if you want, and Boris tell me a lot of this droning on what he made, so I start to uh, understand the importance of all this droning So it's he, he, the first... Uh, but Boris t- tell me something. He, he tell me, if I go in uh, in a memorial in Burenval now, there is nothing, all is uh, destroyed. But he said to me, if you go, you will understand you will see nothing but you will understand and it's a very bizarre word for me because if i have nothing to see what can I understand? And I think the body understands something. When I go in Buran Van, when, when I go in Auschwitz, after in Darao, on, in, in the other place, I understand that my body understands something. And I think that the, the films can feel to the audience, this way to the body. I think that, that cinema is question of body. So I want to make uh, a film in this meaning, to understand with my body to understand with my uh, my hands and you know the the area the the, the space and so the yeah. first question for this film the, the second if in France w- when you are young all the all the young see the the film of Alain Rene, it's et brouillard in french Nartun Nebel in German. Um, It's a very famous film. And I was very shocked when I see this movie. I was 12. So I think it was a sort of rendezvous for me to make because I was a painter.
0: Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org
1: slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
2: OK, so 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 that that makes sense. I mean, you have both as as from your youth, just having seen that film, but also one of your mentors or even more your Your grandfather figure yes. uh, was your was your connection I, I want to go back to this notion of the body because you also talk about the physicality of these works of art. not just you say that the the, the value their value isn 't simply in what they depict in the picture but in the very physicality and I noticed you can 't help but notice I mean they drew on. I mean, they were—they weren't invited to draw. They were not given canvases by the Nazis and said, "Oh, you know, paint." Uh, so, so tell us a little bit how they managed to do this and what they risked uh, by doing it, and why the physicality of the artwork itself matters
3: so much. Because for me, it was very important to see the real drawing because the paper is special and it's like a relic. I don't know if this word. Exists in English a relic? Yes, relic. uh, Yes, yes. Because it's the papers, it's the real um, object uh, that that artists touch. You know, it's like a physical line with me on on them. So I I was very emotive feeling when I see the real, the the real drawing, the papers. uh, Because, because you you say that it was very, very um, risked for them. To do this, uh, the drowning. in the camp, in the co- concentration camp, and more in the extermination camp, you can uh, be killed for uh, make a it was Their lives were at risk. Yes. Right? yes, yes. yes, yes, yes.
2: And, and they stole the materials. I mean, the, the paper and the, the cloth they used, they had to sneak this out of wherever they could find it.
3: In the camps, they say, we around, around. It's the, the world of the camps. Primo Levi says that the world is, we arrange a paper, we arrange some food. and uh, yeah, Primo, Primo Levi. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, you might ask somebody, why would you do that? Why would you take the risk? And the answer is, because I am a painter.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> this, this is how I engage the world. And, and it was, uh, it was life and death, but this was their life, not just in the camps. But this is who they were as living beings, as uh, you know, as these artists. Just one other thing, I just want to let our listeners know: uh, when you watch the film, you uh, at least I this is how I understood it. I think you went out of your way to show me, as the viewer, the physical artifact I'm looking at, the physical painting, the paper. You you didn't just come in really close so it filled my screen. You showed me. The scraps and the and the the rough edges of the paper, so I could get a feel. I'm obviously I'm watching, but not touching. But I could get a feel of these things as objects, in and of themselves. And and I, and I find that so interesting that you you manage to come to get that physicality across. You know, some I, I, I you know this is radio, and it's impossible for people to imagine you know what is on the film if they haven't seen the film. Is it possible for you to describe a piece, let's say something from uh, Leon Delabre, if I'm even pronouncing that close? Can can you describe an image from one of these works that gives people a sense of of what they might see if they watch the movie?
3: Leon uh, Delabre. Okay, Delabre. Thank you. Yes, sorry. Um, It's one of my my favorite uh, artists. I. I, I see um, the, the drawing. Um, Leopold w- was in, in five uh, five camps uh, in Auschwitz, Birkenwald, um, Bergen-Belsen, Gross-Rosen. In every camp, tried to do some drawing. It was very, very hard for him to to find papers, to to, to find pencils and, and so on. He made extraordinary image. It's like, uh, you, you know Munch, the, the famous painting, uh, sure. person on the bridge. Yes, yes. I think the art is so uh, strong, Munch. It, 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 it's the same feeling for me when I see, uh, uh, some of, um, of, his um, drawing. So it, it's not a question of, of um, testimony sometimes. It, it it's more th- than this. It's like, um, et- eternal humanity. Who's suffering in this image, Yeah. From the so,
2: v- very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. I, when you watch the film, the, the, the this notion of humanity mm-hmm. is is palpable. I mean, you can you can you can really feel it coming through. You know, your medium, the the film. We're, we're gonna we're coming up again against the end of the show, and I want to talk to you or ask you about the opening words of the film, and I'm going to quote them to you and see where you take this. The film opens with these words. I don't dare say it. I shouldn't say it. Even for a painter, it was incredibly beautiful. He's talking about the camp experience and I don't dare say it. I shouldn't say it. Even for a painter, it was incredibly beautiful. I got the sense that you too found it Incredibly beautiful, and my question is: How do you? How did you personally straddle the line between the beauty and the horror that was
3: in these works? Yes, it's a ph- philosophical question. You know, in the history of art, we see something who are horrible um, with beauty. The Christ. In the in the in the painting in Europe, the, the Christ on, on the cross is suffering, but in in Giotto or, or in, we can not find beauty. So it's a old question, I think, in art the 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 reunion of horror and, and beauty. Mm. Uh, but in the camp, it was more the question more than it because there were. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of you uh, horror, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of corpse, and, and, and so right. on. Right. But the 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 artist who know the history of of of, of art was uh, was shocked. Yeah, and
2: and and yet, I, I mean, this is a beautiful way to end. I think it's a challenge to people who so, view the film but also a challenge to anyone who's even listening to this uh, conversation to see that beauty and horror are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Christophe Cognier, thank you so much for being with us. I also want to thank our sponsor, Utopia Foundation, providing the opportunity for people to create solutions that contribute toward a more equitable world. Please visit them at utopiafound.org. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. I invite you to visit our website, spiritualityhealth.com, to subscribe to the magazine and download the app for this podcast. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is produced by Corinne Johnston, and Alma Tassi is our program coordinator. I'm Rabbi Rami, thanks for listening.